Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome back to the number one morning show to get your trading morning started. Let's talk about today's topics. We'll get into Fed inflation talk, Bed Bath and Beyond securing the loan. Kathy Wood sells and buys the dip. Earnings on Nordstrom, Toll Brothers, Intuit. We'll talk about Tesla's stock split, Wendy's E. coli. Just be careful out there with those burgers sometimes. We'll take a look, of course, with our special guest, Paul LaMonica, digital correspondent at CNN Business. We'll dive into some of the meme stock talk out there. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome to it, pre-market prep, and let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on Dennis Dick and let's take a look at the overnight action. First thing I'll ask, what, what did you see yesterday, Dennis, in the overnight action? Um, well, in the overnight action, it was kind of quiet in the daily regular session. We saw more follow through. Some of the stocks that okay. had been getting beat up continued to get beat up here. Some of the growth names were getting beat up. But it was kind of quiet. I think a little bit of calm before the storm. Obviously, we got you know Jackson Hole coming up here. We're gonna hear from Powell directly on Friday. I mean, so there's lots of things to you know information that's going to be coming to this market. So I think it felt really like one of the dog days of August. It was actually kind of quiet yesterday. But there's action in certain stocks here, Mitch. That's for sure. Um, as you guys can see in the overnight action, pretty much sideways again yesterday we were kind of sideways also and then eventually just came down a little bit in the intraday market it really wasn't kind of a, it was kind of a nothing day here it was a very low volume day for a lot of the kind of the index and so we'll see today if that volume kind of increases but let's talk about some of the stories that are out there right now of course everybody's just watching what happens out of the jackson hole symposium um, of course everyone's waiting for Fed Chair Jerome Powell to speak, but we did get some Fed talk yesterday. This came from comments from Fed Reserve Bank of Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari, and here were some of his comments. He said that the big fear I have in the back of my mind is that we're wrong and the markets are wrong, and that inflation is much more embedded at much higher levels than we appreciate or the market appreciates. He said, commenting on market expectations of inflation coming back down to 2% within the next two years. He also stated that then we're going to have to be more aggressive than we anticipate and probably for longer to bring inflation back down. He said this speaking at an event at yeah. the University of Pennsylvania. And I think this is, you know, comments that I think we're also kind of expecting similar comments from Jerome Powell. So I thought it was interesting Fed talk. I think you're getting a preview into what he's going to say on Friday. And I think, you know, it's the market is hallucinating to just think, oh, yeah, we peaked inflation. We're going back down to 2%. We'll be back, you know, we'll be back to 2% inflation, you know, this time next year. Not happening. The whole consumer mind has changed, you know, like people now have, you know, somewhat accepted some bits of inflation here. But, you know, it's also 
just you know the people you know it's it's you know from the covid pandemic it really kickstarted a lot of different things i mean the free money printing press was going for so long um people just expected free money forever and obviously that's not the case i mean i do think if they keep raising rates you will get some demand destruction and that should bring down price but it's just not going to come back down quickly it's not going to be like boom we're back down we're happy we're back to two percent inflation okay kickstart the punch bowl again we're ready to rock I just don't see us getting back there anytime soon. And these supply chain issues, which probably were a main catalyst for you know rising prices, are not going away as quickly as everybody thinks they are. And like I've said before, and you've said too, Mitch, I mean, China is a wild card here. And if they want to really screw up our supply chain, they can easily do that. And I think they are going to screw up our, our supply chain. Yeah, I think it's important to mention also there is exactly what Kashkari was pointing to was the supply chains. And he's saying that that's really the focus here. Um, those have to normalize if we're going to get inflation back down. I'm just talking, you know, and obviously I'm finally pretty much done my build moving in this weekend. But I mean, we're still missing stuff there. And, you know, we're missing downstairs fridge. We're missing our stovetop, which was ordered 14 months ago. We're missing our front door and our side door. So we just got a temporary door in there. That was ordered six months ago. Um, I was talking to my glass guy and he was just talking about our, our windows, which we got done. We have these slider doors. I was talking, he's like, there's a 14 month wait on those things now. Like we have ours, but he's like, it's 14 months out. He's like, I don't even know like how I can do projects. He was like really complaining about the supply chain and saying, you know, here, you know, you go in and quote a job and you're like, yeah, we can get those windows to you in 14 months. You know, like the, these specific ones. I mean, um, it's it's difficult, you know, you know, to even be in the construction business right now with these supply chain issues. So um, stuff but, is just not getting not getting easier. Uh, and we keep thinking, oh, yeah, it's all getting better. We're getting back to business as usual. And that it's not the truth. The one thing I caught there was the downstairs fridge. So there means there's an upstairs fridge. The bar, there's a fridge in the bar. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, hey, bar. you can't go fridge wrong with bar. a fridge upstairs. Fridge in the fridge bar downstairs. is absent without leave, has not shown up yet. So not sure mm. when it's coming. I don't even know if we have a timeline on that thing. So anyways, an we ordered a lot of this stuff. Like the stovetop <laughs> was literally ordered a year ago. So I don't know what's going on there. It's a, maybe a special stovetop or something, but not coming anytime soon. It's nice when they actually show up with something because you don't know how long these delays. They say, oh, yeah, it'll be here in, you know, in three or four weeks. And then three four weeks come, they're like, oh, we got another product delay. Be a couple more weeks. And then a couple more weeks go, and then it's a couple more weeks. I mean, this is how it goes. You know, trying to build a house right now is next to impossible. And, you know, maybe, you know, if you're doing cookie cutter stuff and they've got, you know, the supply chain. But when you're doing custom builds right now and you're trying to get stuff, it's very difficult. So, you know, we did get ahead of it on some of it, but, you know, so I'm getting a firsthand look at supply chain issues in that way. But there's other things too. Like we talked about, you know, like certain things, you know, not on the shelves, like Junior Tylenol and Junior Advil in, in Ontario. You cannot get it. It's not on the shelves. Now you have to get a prescription to just go buy Junior Advil because the main ingredient is made in Wuhan. And obviously it's not easy to get right now. So they're pulling it off the shelves and September's coming um you know there's you know i do have a little bit because i've had you know i always have advil because my kids are always sick i'm just at that age but i mean this is the what we're environment we're in this is a tricky environment here mitch well i'll tell you that um it seems like there's no house party yet at dennis's dick's house new house but there was a party in triple by this morning as they secure a loan here let's go into it 
Let's talk about Triple B. Why as it's getting that lift there in the pre-market. Already got to a high there. I think I have 1223s. Yeah, 1223s. Yeah, uh, spiking up there, Bed, Bed Bath and Beyond, of course, securing a loan here. That's why it's moving. Has reported secure a loan to bolster its balance sheet. Retailer has selected a lender following a marketing process undertaken by uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Wall Street Journal reported, citing people familiar, and he's. They said also that the size and the structure of the loan deal weren't immediately clear. Uh, the company is expected to provide an update on its effort to bolster its finance at the end of August. Um, Bed Bath & Beyond needs $370 million to shore up its cash reserve and help pay its existing debt obligations. I don't know Noted why reserve. they didn't issue equity. You know, here they are, they're getting a loan. The company is just this stupid. I mean, Kramer's absolutely right. They could have issued stock here, you know, a week and a half ago and the stock's trading up $30. You know, even if you got it at 20, you get it off. I mean, why not issue equity? Now you're hitting more debt here. And it was there plotting it because the company's not going out of imminent, you know, imminently going out of business. They're popping the stock here. It's up 33%. It went from massively overbought to massively oversold too. Let's be honest. It went from $30 back to eight in five trading sessions. So it's not, you know, uh, out of the realm of possibilities that any piece of pop- positive news this thing was going to rip your head off rally and it did up to 11.57 you know i'm just thinking too i was thinking about buying this at 8.78 last night i, I traded mm. a couple times but i didn't have it would have been a good buy i was just thinking you know what if ryan cohen bought back in this you know i, I know i'm not saying that's going to happen but you know he seems to you know obviously he's made a lot of money with his influence before imagine he bought back in Thing would pop 50%. Oh, Cohen's back in. It would pop 50%. I mean, it's just popped 31% on this. So not saying he did, not saying he's going to, but just saying, imagine if he did buy back in because he just sold the thing up at 25, 27, 28, 29. Imagine like, well, it's come back down here. I might as well dip my toes back in the water here. That would be a big filing if you saw Ryan Cohen get back in. Yeah, take a look at that. We'll see if that actually comes out. I think that's the only way you probably get to fill this gap up. Um, that would be a really interesting move if it did fill this gap. That's a gap towards 1765 there. So that's a long ways away from here on Triple B Y. We'll see what happens. Definitely holding some kind of up up pressure now i think you look to see if it holds that 1072 on pullbacks looks like we got it adjust a pullback right to that old resistance um so now becoming support around the 1072 level you could see it on that retrace there it went towards 1071 bounce right off of that we'll see what happens a lot of volatility in this name like always just be careful out there traders the meme stocks are all catching a bit here you can look amc <laughs> uh, trading up the ape is trading up the gme is trading up the mm-hmm. you know a few other ones they're not up substantially but they're all trading up a little bit here and that's obviously driven by bed bath I, I'll, I'll put one on on the radar party what's that one party city is that one of those meme stocks too? Oh yes, meme oh, stock, gosh. and it's getting uh, mentioned out there. I won't go into what social names are bats. mentioned with this, but uh, there's some Twitter influencers on this too. Oh gosh, um, talking about this one. Look at the daily chart. Look how this has been hanging sideways. These are the ones that I think could really go because it's been hanging sideways. Hasn't had the run. 
hasn't had that big breakout. So just keep it on your radar. I'm not saying that it's going to run today. And I'll give you guys a little bit more insight. I've been watching some of the price action on Party City. And I've been seeing a lot of volume filling in between the 214s and the 215s. So there's someone loading the boat somewhere in between there. That's where I'd be watching today to see it get back above. Once you get through there, there's this 245 and 250 that it's going to be definitely a mental hurdle to get through. If we can get through there, watch for the taking out of the highs. You got 267 just, and 265. Just remember, all of these things are hot potatoes. And eventually, if you hold on to them long enough, you usually get burned. So, you know, it might pop up. Maybe you get a squeeze in some of these things. But eventually, if you hold these things long enough, you get burned. So don't get these things stuck in your long-term portfolio. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, what happened? You know, things down, back down at a buck and you're looking at a 50% loss. So, you know, I, obviously these things can get hot. These, you know, meme stock trades can go, but it seems like they none of them have longevity really. So I just be careful. You know, when you're trading these things, you know, you can trade anything. It's got momentum on your side. You can trade it. Just don't get stuck. One thing I'll note, and I see that a lot of people in the chat, let's stop talking about meme stocks and stuff I like hate that. The well, meme stock honestly, too. I can tell you right now, and, and you can ask Dennis this morning, I didn't want to talk about Triple no. PY. And you could you could ask them. I literally that was my specific word. You have to. It's to, all, it's the stock to cover yeah. it. We got to cover it. Cover guys. It. I'm sorry. It's up 31%. If I go to my big up filter, so this is this has every single stock. That is listed in the U.S. and I'm looking at the gainers. And if you take out the penny stocks, which we might as well get out, Bed Bath and Beyond, anything under five bucks, you know, I kind of ignore because I call those penny stocks. Bed Bath and Beyond is number one. It's up 31% out of all the stocks. You know, if you go to number two, you got Fetch. I don't know what Fetch is. I've had earnings or whatever, but FTCH is trading up substantially here too. And you got SoFi on the list as well. I have no idea what's going on. I know SoFi. what's going on. That Dennis, we can talk. Is it, is it Wall that. Street bets too? No, or that's uh, all on the student loan concern uh, thing. That today Biden is said to maybe mm. uh, release news on that. And full disclosure, I am long on SoFi. I took a shot on this. I've been looking at the story, nice. getting into it, and so I took a really small piece just for a swing trade off the six dollars. We'll see what happens on that SoFi. But let's go Working to Kathy. Out. Here, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. You guys can always follow along on live trading. We'll definitely take a look at see what happens on SoFi. Let's talk about Kathy selling out of, of some of her NVIDIA um, on the recent dip. And it's kind of interesting. Remember, she bought some of this. So let's talk a little bit about that. She dumped over 293,000 shares of NVIDIA on Tuesday via two of the firm's exchange traded funds. This comes after just two weeks after ARK bought 366,982 uh, shares of NVIDIA. And of course, a day ahead of the second quarter earnings release. But that wasn't it. She didn't just stop there. She sold out on that. And then she said, you know what? Well, let's just go buy in some Zoom here. Kathy Wood bought 839,301 shares of Zoom video communication via two of the firm's ETF valued at over 68 million based on Tuesday's closing price. Remember, that's the second largest holding in ARC. And uh, Zoom hasn't been the best chart lately. So She sold, sells NVIDIA to buy Zoom. That's what it is, 100%. Yeah. She just needs she to sold. average down. She's seeing herself get beat up. She's the one that averages down the most out of anyone. Like I've said, 
you know, and I do still say that I think the ARKK 2022 low is in. That doesn't mean I'm a big Kathy fan, though. She does a lot of rookie, rookie, rookie mistakes. You know, it's basically everything, you know, you shouldn't do as a trader. She does. She adds to losers. She doesn't, you know, usually cut losers. Um, obviously, you know, just, just you know, st- sticking with the story and believing that you're right and the market's wrong. These are all, like, classic first rookie mistakes. And, you know, obviously she had the Tesla call, which was, you know, crazy at the time, but ended up being right. And that's what made her famous. But, you know, when you really look at her long-term performance, she's massively underperformed the cues. So if you look at like where, when ARKK came into inception back, I think it was like 2015 or maybe even before that, um, you look at the cues performance in that same time period. Um, she is massively, you know, from, from, if I go back to 2015, ARKK is only up 100%. And if you go back to 2015, the QQQs are up 100, 200%. So she's massively underperformed. So, I mean, and that's including just a ridiculously good call in Tesla. So you can talk about how other, how all our other positions have just been a disaster because she had one of the best calls and, you know, her heavy, most heavily positioned, you know, stock goes up tenfold. And she's still underperforming the market. Tells you how poor of a choice of investor she's been on the other stocks. So just be careful just thinking, oh, yeah, she's, you know, one of the greatest investors. She's not. She's massively underperformed the market. She got a name from Tesla, and that's really what made her. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know about Zoom. I, I, I definitely, I would be concerned about that business. And the chart doesn't show me anything good here. You got anything. support, though, Mitch. You do. I can see there's support here. You got that low from May, 79. That 80? I mean, <laughs> I, I, you're I hanging on a one candle. It's, it came out of hard. We're still in a little bit of this buy the dip mentality in the markets. But it's just her. She's going to do that no matter what. She's not looking at the chart. She just averages down. She gets, you know, in a position and she her position gets crushed. And she really believes, you know, that eventually she's going to be right. And she averages down. So she's selling a good company like NVIDIA to buy Zoom. Um, you know, is it a, and, and, you know, we were saying yesterday, I believe it's a value trap. I'm still going to keep saying that. But. With that being said, there is some support at 80. I wouldn't be surprised if it bounces at 80. We'll see what happens. Like always, one of the things that I think that is, is I think that's kind of more of a strategy of buying the 52-week low and then trying to think that it's going to come back. But hey, to each his own if that's she the strategy. Just, that's what she does, Mitch. It's like she's clockwork. She's very predictable. 52-week low? I'll take it. She, she's so predictable. <laughs> when one of her positions is down 20%, she always buys more. She's so predictable. You know, this is a cardinal sin in trading. But, you know, she's in it for the long term. She's got her five-year time horizon, which, you know, in some cases obviously is not the case because she's, you know, sold off some of this stuff. But, you know, we've talked Kathy a lot on this show. And honestly, like, I'm at a point, I think I'm going to unsubscribe from her newsletter because it doesn't, you know, influence, it doesn't move price anymore. So you don't have to know about it. And who cares? She's old NVIDIA bought Zoom. I mean, nobody cares anymore. Her, uh, her luster is now gone. Yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely... It, She's it's become not, irrelevant. It's not what it used to be. Let's just say that much for She's sure. become irrelevant. You know, Mark yeah. Chaikin called that six months ago or, or nine months ago. Eventually, this would happen. It's exactly what's happened. She's become uh, irrelevant. You know, she's not getting much talk on the media anymore. And people, she's had her time, you know, like it was Tesla. So is she going to eventually come back? Maybe. Maybe, you know, some of these stocks are going to come back. I still think her low is in. I think her stocks got massively oversold, but... Uh, I just can't follow that investment philosophy. I would never invest with Kathy Wood. All right. Now let's go ahead. Let's get right into our interview today. Let's dive into it. Now I will let you guys know we will 
not be having video on our guest, but we do have him on audio. So let's go ahead. Let's bring on here. We're going to bring on Paul LaMonica, digital correspondent of CNN Business. How are you doing, Paul? Good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Doing great. It's great to have you on here. A lot going on. Interesting moments out there right now. A lot of the kind of the meme stock uh, hype out there. I'd like to ask you right off the hop, how do you feel about the comeback of MoviePass and, of course, the ape trade? Yeah, I mean, I would be uh, skeptical of whether or not MoviePass can uh, have any uh, significant success given what's going on with movie theaters in general right now. I mean, we've obviously seen uh, you know what's happening with AMC and, and Ape. AMC is a very aggressive kind of self-promotional company. And uh, I, I find it difficult to imagine that uh, Adam Aaron would want to cede some business to uh, a new revitalized movie pass. And, you know, AMC, you know, to their credit, they, they, they do a pretty good job of, uh, you know, trying to hype that stock in a business that bluntly is uh, pretty uh, challenged right now. You look at what's happening with uh, Cineworld, the uh, UK-based owner of Regal Cinemas, they're potentially filing for bankruptcy. Uh, you know, I don't think the movie theater business is necessarily, uh, you know, a great uh, bull market right now, no matter what Adam Aaron says about AMC and the apes. Hey, Paul, Dennis Dick, and I agree with you. I mean, you can make the argument, and I'll make it right now, without the apes, without, you know, the social media, you know, I think AMC could be going the same way. It could be out of business. They were able to raise so much cash because, you know, it, it, I've never seen this in 22 years. I've never really seen shareholders like this bail out a company that was in serious trouble. So you got to give them props because they allowed, you know, this stock to survive. They allowed this company to survive by, you know, crazy buying the price up and then allowing the stock company to issue shares, you know, very smart about it. Unlike Bed Bath & Beyond, which didn't issue any shares in their recent run, just completely ignored it. What are your thoughts here? You know, just, you know, uh, like I want to bring it over to Bed Bath & Beyond here in a second. But, you know, what are your thoughts just with these apes just being able to bail companies out? Yeah, I, it is a real phenomenon now that the Reddit, Wall Street bets uh, crowd, the apes, the retail investors, they have a significant sway over several you know high profile stocks on wall street and they're able to squeeze some of the shorts be it hedge funds or what have you and to give uh, you know amc management credit i think they recognize how much of a shareholder base they have with the retail crowd so that's why amc is making all of these moves to kind of play to their base if you will hence the the ape preferred uh, equity issuance and uh, you know other moves that the company has made to really try and acknowledge that without this support amc might not be in much better shape than a company like cinemark or imax or other big movie theater chains but obviously those companies don't have that same fanatical support and you know bed bath and beyond if you want to talk about that yeah. and, uh, talk about a lesson in uh you know following the money and and making sure that the big money is going to stick with the company because when they uh, they bail just look at how dramatic uh, that that sell-off has been uh, and, you know now that ryan cohen has exited his position 
I mean, what are your thoughts here on Ryan Cohen? Obviously, you know, we get this disclosure, you know, it seems like months ago, but it was actually only about seven trading sessions ago. And the stock pops, you know, because, you know, it's, it's disclosed that he's bought more options. Stock pops from 15 to 30 in basically a day. And then, you know, he discloses the very next day. So the day after he discloses that, you know, he's bought more options, he discloses obviously to be able to sell the stock. And we find out that he indeed did and bails on the whole thing. I mean, it's it stinks of like, uh, you know, being gray for sure. I don't know if there's a case here for the regulators. Do you think the regulators are going to look at this? And do you think Ryan Cohen cares? I think Ryan Cohen will have to care if the regulators actually uh, decide to take a look. Because, you know, last I checked, uh, Ryan Cohen may not necessarily have the uh, wealth and clout of Elon Musk, who routinely... Uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, makes fun of the thumbs his nose at the SEC and yeah. doesn't really seem to have any major consequences. I mean, I don't think Cohen is uh, necessarily in the same boat as Elon Musk. Whether or not uh, there is an actionable case, that's not for me to say. I am not a securities legal expert, but I think it is fair to point out that there probably are going to be angry individual investors who might want the SEC to take a look. And we've even seen uh, Whitney Tilson, the, uh, you know, uh, who used to run a, you know, a fund of his own, uh, say that this type of behavior was so egregious to him that he was asking the SEC to look into it as well. So, uh, you know, I do think that there are people on Wall Street, both big institutional money and individual investors who are rightfully confused by what Ryan Cohen has done with regards to Bed Bath and Beyond and want some answers. And he's been pretty quiet. You know, he has not said anything about his motivation here. All right. We're on the line here with Paul LaMonica, digital correspondent at CNN Business. Let's get into the Twitter Elon saga. Who do you think wins here? And did the whistleblower have an effect on the trial, you feel? I think it's going to potentially uh, have an impact. My, my guess, and again, this is you know no uh, inside information uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I would suspect that now, because of the the coverage of the the Twitter whistleblower and the pressure that is on the company. Elon Musk, I think, probably would still be interested in owning Twitter at a lower price. And I think the question now becomes how low of a price does Twitter wind up possibly getting bought at in a new takeover uh, scenario? Uh, you know, the shares are trading just under 40 now. So clearly uh, the north of $52 uh, stock uh, offer that uh, Twitter you know, agree to it, Musk. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, is a deal going to happen in the 40 to 45 range? Maybe. Is it lower if Twitter stock continues to fall? I mean, perhaps. But I, I think Elon Musk uh, probably holds more of the winning cards in his poker hand than, uh, than Twitter's uh, board and management right now based on what's going on. Let's take it over to the... Fed speak here, Paul, and we're going to obviously hear from Jerome Powell. This is going to move the markets. 
Um, we're here from him on Friday, but we got Jackson Hole. I mean, we've had a significant sell-off into Jackson Hole here. Is this just another buy-the-dip opportunity, or is the market really have reason to be spooked here? I think the market should be wary because Jerome Powell has been repeating a mantra for some time that the Fed is data dependent and the market never seems to want to believe him. And now I think it has become incredibly clear that the Fed has to go meeting by meeting. There are no predetermined decisions on interest rates because things are changing so rapidly. So the Jackson Hole speech on Friday is important, but the big caveat is that Jerome Powell can't see into the future and he doesn't know what the jobs numbers are going to be when the August jobs report comes out. And then we've got all these inflation prints that are going to be coming out before the Fed September meeting as well. If we have a repeat scenario, what happened last month where inflation pressures continue to cool, but we still have solid jobs growth, that really makes it more difficult for for the Fed. What what do you do in that uh, scenario? Do you keep raising rates aggressively to try and cool off the economy? Do you not do so because you don't want to choke off jobs growth and create a recession if inflation is in fact finally starting to abate. Uh, you know, I, I don't envy Jerome Powell and other Fed members. We have the well, fun job of just criticizing whatever they do because we're <laughs> never going to be wrong because we're not as accountable. As <laughs> True that. <laughs> that is the truth, unfortunately. And I think fortunately, we don't have to be doing those FOMC conferences. But thank you for joining us today. Paula Monica, digital correspondent at CNN Business. Appreciate you coming on and we'll definitely have you back, Paul. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, have Paul. a good one. All right, let's go ahead. Let's continue going here. Let's get into the earnings now. We're going to talk Lots about Nordstrom. Let's yeah. get into that first. Let's go JWN. And I think this is interesting, of course, after uh, Macy's earnings. It was kind of getting a little bit of a push-up yesterday. But let's take a look at what happened to Nordstrom this morning. Um, definitely down big here. EPS at 81 cents, beating the 79 cent estimate. Sales at 4.09 billion, beating the 3.95 billion estimate. But they lowered the guidance. It's always it's been about guidance yeah. this earnings yeah. season. Nordstrom sees full year 2022 adjusted EPS on the low range of two dollars and thirty cents, high end at two dollars and sixty cents versus a three dollars and five cent estimate. So uh, at least the low end is way off of that estimate there. Um, one of the comments from the CEO, Eric Nordstrom, customer traffic and demand decelerated significantly beginning in late June and predominantly at Nordstrom Rack. That's going to happen. Like we keep talking about, you know, and this is why I'm still cautious on all the retailers and they all look cheap, but they've been value traps. And the reason, again, we, we sound like a broken record on this show, but it's starting to show up in the data is... When you just raise interest rates, it doesn't just all of a sudden kill demand in one day. Ah, there's a process. And we, you know, we've talked that process before, you know, people will start to, you know, like, okay, well, they're not going to go for the fancy dinner. Well, they're maybe going to cut back and, you know, buying some toys or potentially sell the toys and they start racking up the credit card debt. Eventually it starts filtering its way through and slowing demand. It doesn't happen in two weeks. It doesn't happen in one month. It happens over the course of six months to a year. So this is where you're going to start to see this happen. And mm -hmm. this is why 
all of these cyclicals, all of these cyclical businesses that, you know, obviously, you know, like retailers even are cyclical because, you know, when you're in expansion, people got money, they're buying more stuff. You know, when you go into a recession, people are backing off on buying, you know, stuff except the bare essentials here. So, you know, you're not going to Nordstrom and buying fancy purses and fancy coats and that obviously if you're starting to get strapped for money. So you look here, it's not surprising. These things look dirt cheap from a valuation perspective. But if we go into recession, which I believe we're going to, they're going to get cheaper. I own none of these companies. I like, you know, I was saying, you know, Macy's or maybe potentially Kohl's. Actually, I shouldn't say I do have a little piece of Kohl's. Um, but you just think like, and they're obviously priced in a lot of bad news. You know, you can look at a Kohl's even being down as far as it is or a Macy's. But if you go into a recession, it could get a hell of a lot worse. So just don't get caught up. People get caught and flawed just looking yeah. at PEs, you know, and they're like, oh, we just need a cheap PE now. You know, we got it. We can't go wrong. Yeah. You know, this is what they were saying at Macy's when the PE was seven or eight. The stock was $28. And they're like, oh, well, you can't go wrong here. They got the real estate, everything. You're going to make money. Are you? It's 19 bucks now. How's that value doing for you right now? And it's been a kind of a value, more, more oriented market where we've kind of moved, you know, from growth to value. This I've not participated. There's a reason for that. And that reason is that this recession is coming and that's going to be Macy's and, Co and, and, and Nordstrom are going to be right at the top of, you know, businesses that are going to get hit from it. The consumer starting to think like the jungle book here and uh, looking they for don't the, have bare no choice, the bare necessities. They're, they're going to have no the bare necessities. I like that. Bear, but, bear. but they're not going to have a choice. I mean, people are going to have less money. That's just the way it's going to be. Yep. So, and if inflation doesn't come in anytime soon, we can have to keep interest rates up. Like ideally the Fed just wants jack rates, bring interest rates down and then bring the rates back down. That's not going to happen as quickly as the Fed wants. And that's, you know, to the Fed speak comments that you talked about 20 minutes ago, you know, saying this could be more embedded, you know, this could be more prolonged. And if that's the case, these interest rates are going to be higher a little bit more a longer. And that is eventually going to hurt people, you know, and seriously hurt people. So I think you got to be very, very cautious which is coming in here and saying it's got a P of five or six. Yeah. How can I go wrong? Recession will make it go wrong. Also, I think they're starting to point towards the story that at least these companies don't seem like they're going to just kick it out the waters in the holiday season time. Once holiday season rolls around, it could be less earnings than we expect. So something to keep on watch. Uh, let's get out of Nordstrom. Let's go to we Peloton Brothers. getting a rip here too. Peloton. Um, 832. So it's just broke here uh strikes a deer to sell fitness equipment and apparel on amazon so sounds sounds like you know not a big deal but it's a storied stock it's got a high short interest okay that's probably going to get the pop because the every time you mention amazon with anything it's going to get a pop so you know that's you know i i'd be careful you know shorting into something like this because there's obviously they're talking about on cnbc here right now too Products yeah. available on Amazon starting today. So anytime you get a mention with Amazon, it's going to get a pop. But um, let's move away from these, you know, high flyers, you know, and talk real stocks. Well, not that Peloton's not a real stock, but talk, you know, core stocks. And because we're coming into some serious earnings here, we talk Nordstrom. We can continue to go here on um, a couple other earnings reports, but we've got some a preview for some big guns tonight as well. All right, let's go to Toll Brothers. Also, EPS coming in here at $2.35, beating the $2.30 estimate. Sales at $2.00, uh, sales at $2.5 billion, beating the $2.48 billion estimate. Toll Brothers lowers their full 
Their full year delivery guidance now expects to deliver 10,000 to 10,300 at an average price of 920,000. Same uh, conversation we just had with Nordstrom applies to Toll Brothers. Yeah. There is going to be demand destruction here and it's showing up already. Obviously, you know, you can look at the P and you can say, wow, how can I go wrong with the P of five or six or seven? We go into recession, which I believe we're going into Toll Brothers. Nobody's building a new house. So it's expensive as hell. But the cost to build is just astronomical now. The supply chain issues that I've went through, obviously, mine was custom build. It was a little bit more difficult with some stuff. But, you know, even that, you know, it's difficult even to probably build these cookie cutters and get stuff right now. I mean, we have a concrete shortage in Ontario as well now. You know, there's like a million things that, you know, you think, oh, yeah, you're by the supply chain. No, you're not. You're not by these supply chain issues. And housing, the house, the, the, the builders here are like ground zero for supply chain issues. So I'd be very cautious buying these dips as well. Yeah, one thing that I've been pointing to is where, when would that ITB, that home construction ETF crack? And I feel like it cracked about two days ago, and now you're starting to see it really start coming down. You could also watch for Lennar to kind of show you the same similar chart. It's very similar chart there in Lennar. I think these are starting to come back down. They'll definitely need something to help it. But if you take a look at all the kind of information that you get out of the housing market lately, it's been showing more of a housing recession. So we'll see what happens to these real estate stocks and these residential construction stocks. Let's get out of Toll Brothers. Let's go to Intuit here. I-N-T-C. Uh, I-N-T-C would be uh, Look at that. Intel, the other, as well. the other dog. The other dog, but yeah. we'll get but into Intuit's this one first. Intuit's not a dog. Intuit's been an unbelievable performer here. And if you want to look at stocks that have held it's up very out. well, Intuit has been a company that's been run so well. It's a great, great, it's a great company. For a software name, I have to say this has hung on a, a little bit better than most software names. I mean, it's held on really well. Mm -hmm. really Let's get well. into the numbers here. So, Intuit at a dollar ten, beating the ninety-eight cent estimate. Sales at two point four zero billion, beating the two point three four billion estimate. Intuit sees full year twenty-three adjusted EPS at thirteen dollars and fifty-nine cent on the low end, and thirteen dollars and eighty-nine cents on the high end versus the estimate that was at thirteen eighty-one. Sales at fourteen point four eight billion uh, on the low end to fourteen point seven billion on the high end versus the fourteen point four seven billion estimate. So guidance was fine, and you know that's obviously they still have the sales growth of twenty three to twenty five percent. I mean, you got growth, you know, you got a reasonable valuation. It's not crazy, thirteen. So you could go thirty times earnings trading. It's not insane. So I mean, it's been it's been one of those companies that is a great you know it's been it's been actually a great stock. I mean, it's come off with everything. Is this a stock that I would buy on a pullback? I think so. I'm not chasing anything in this environment though. But, you know, you just think about where the stock was in 2016, $100. Now they're making $13 a year. What, you know, that was value back then. And it appeared like it wasn't value, but they grew and grew and grew. Obviously, you know, they've um, right in the middle of, you know, cloud, right in the middle of web services, right in the middle of everything. So where you want to be. So I think it's a company that I'd like to own. Um, I'm not chasing anything. I'm 25 bucks. All right, let's get out of the Intuit talk. Let's talk about one of the topics that will be talked about today is, of course, is the Tesla stock split. Um, I got um, some information here from Gary Black. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. I follow him. He's a managing partner at the Future Fund talking about tonight after the close, Tesla's three for one uh, stock split 
And after the 2020 stock split, that was a five to one, Tesla rose 12.6% the next day on August 31st, um, and then fell 18% in three days after the management announced a 5 billion secondary. This time, Tesla doesn't need money, and Tesla has 18 billion in cash. I mean, you've got a setup not bad into the split. I wouldn't be surprised if it had a decent day. It's not surprising it started running yesterday too ahead of the split. We know I've talked, you know, about you know events, and you know we just did you know a whole webinar on trading catalysts. Three for one stock split is definitely a catalyst. It was strong yesterday ahead of this. Is it strong again here this today? I tend to think so. I think it could show some relative strength. Obviously, overall market rolls over. It's a different story, but you know as long as the market holds up. I think Tesla probably trades well into the split, you know, from a, you know, just from, you know, a historical quantitative perspective, typically stocks are strong into the splits and weak after the splits. So ideally you want to own them into the splits and not own them after the splits. You know, it's your timing of that is always, you know, an issue. We also have Ron Barron coming on CNBC tomorrow morning, who's the biggest, one of the biggest Tesla bulls out there. So I'm sure he's going to say some positive stuff tomorrow morning on that as well. So you have multiple catalysts for owning the stock today. I'm not sure about owning it after tomorrow, though. Something definitely we'll, we'll keep watch to see what happens if there's any mentions, of course, of equity needed or will Elon sell some more? That's those are kind of some catalysts that I could look out for. Uh, but we'll see if Tesla can take out that 900 area uh, yesterday. Big level. Trying to take it out. I, I felt like it was on its way. It went to 896.48. Let's see if it takes it out today. I have a high so far at 899.60. And so definitely keep that one on watch. If it gets through that 900, I think it could start pushing. We'll see if it gets up there today. All right, let's getting out of the Tesla talk. Let's keep going here. Now, uh, one of the topics that Dennis wanted to come make sure we got covered was he's a big Wendy's fan, I heard. Ah. <laughs> Wendy's E. coli breakout. Be careful out there. Uh, Wendy's looks like uh, there's a report out there that uh, there's an E. coli uh, outbreak that's sickening more than 100 um, people reportedly becoming ill after eating lettuce from Wendy's sandwich. Uh, far more than the CDC reported last week, lawsuits against the company is, are starting to pile up. And of course, this came from the Post. Um, so multiple thoughts here. One is we don't know how you know big this outbreak is. You know, Obviously, the stock's been hit slightly on it here. It's getting hit here again because the New York Post was reporting that this is a lot more widespread than Wendy's is letting you know. Um, the wild card with this is we have precedence. We know how companies perform with E. coli. If it starts to get widespread, it destroys demand. And CMG went through this. The stock went from 700 to 200 um, in the better part of, you know, six months to a year. If you look back, you know, we can go back on the chart maybe to CMG to talk about that. But it was in 2020, obviously. Um, or let's just go. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was. I'm trying to grab it. It was, yeah, the early 2020 when the stock was $900 and then it went down to 415 I believe that's the time if I'm getting, gotcha, if I'm right looking here. on the chart. Maybe that wasn't. Maybe that was the COVID. So I'm trying to see when that was. Anyways, it, the stock, yeah, okay. I think it was maybe 2015. Was it that long ago? Are yeah, the years flying by this fast, Mitch? Was it this 2015 been, when CMG had the E. coli check? I think I think I was in college, so I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna oh go. Oh my on gosh, the years yes. are flying by. That was five, that was seven years ago that Chipotle had the E. coli outbreak. But anyway, so I'm just saying you have precedence here. 
where when E. coli starts to go widespread, it absolutely destroys demand. People have don't have confidence to go there. It took a long time for Chipotle to get it back. It took three years for them to get it back, but they did eventually. And, you know, obviously Chipotle. people are confident to eat there again. So just be cautious, just coming in and buying the first dip on this. You don't want to be the one that the next headline, all of a sudden it starts going because they can really crush stocks on this. So I'd just be cautious. You know, if it turns into nothing, I see like a one point upside with Wendy's, you know, get kind of getting back to where it was, you know, before this news hit. If this goes widespread, Wendy's could be back down at that 16 support level. So I kind of see a four up, one down. So we don't know which way it's going to go. Maybe it's a nothing burger, pun kind of intended. You know, maybe, you know, they, th this is just, you know, very isolated. But New York Post is saying it might be more widespread. New York Post, you know, sometimes, you know, is not always accurate. Sometimes they are. Um, so my thought process is I'm just going to stay away from this one because I don't like the risk-reward setup. All right, let's go to one more uh, earnings here. I thought that was interesting. Let's talk about uh, Petco, the wolf. Wolf. The wolf. Yeah, uh, I know that your cats might get mad about this, but it's called Wolf. Let's take a look. At it's a good ticker symbol. Chewy, Wolf, they are all over. These pet food stores are all over these uh, ticker symbols. So uh, they uh, lowered their guidance here. Um, but I'll give you the numbers here. EPS coming in at 19 cents, missing the 23 cent estimate. Sales at 1.48 billion, missing the 1.49 billion estimate. They also see full year 2022 adjusted EPS at 77 cents yeah. on the low end to 81 cents on the high end versus 90 cent estimate there. Uh, sales at 5.97 uh, billion to a high end of 6.05 billion versus a 6.13 billion estimate. So lowering their guidance there and uh, a miss and a miss. A tough stock. It's thin. It's a dog. Traded. <laughs> dog it's a dog today i'd say you got support down there just under 14 if i'm looking i see three lows in four days 1381 to 1385 it's come a long ways maybe that's where it gets a first bounce next i i would just extend this uh monthly candle so uh, do you see this monthly trend until that changes i won't even look at this stock there you go you know and it just goes to you know right back to basics you know stocks and downtrends you know you sell rips on stocks and downtrends exactly. you buy dips on stocks and uptrends and i mean there's so many stocks and downtrends still that's why the rip from like two you know the last you know when it started selling off from the last six weeks you know was just such a good opportunity and it was a gift and it's been proven a gift and how the stocks have come off from that is just nothing short of impressive I mean, you know, to just see like how much Square, I keep going back to Square, but you go, it goes, you know, reports earnings kind of hangs on $92, 70 bucks now. I mean, it's literally giving back two thirds of the gains here. So impressive, impressive sell off. You got to take those gains on, on the stocks when they're, you know, in downtrends and they start ripping higher. You got to cut those losses into those rips or take those gains because eventually those trends persist. All right, let's go to SoFi here. I thought, I thought we could possibly get to it. And then right after this, we'll start some ticker time. So sure. I know that the chat wanted us to talk about some of the stocks that they were looking at. Well, tell us what those stocks are. Throw them up in the chat. We'll get to an extended ticker time just for you guys out there. All right, now let's talk about SoFi situation here. It's up there towards uh, 670s. Full disclosure, got in this one yesterday at 617. Um, this was, I also talked about it on our live trading stream. We talked about why this uh, trade idea could potentially come into play. 
a lot on this. President Joe Biden expected to announce his decision on student loan forgiveness soon. It was expected he had given himself a deadline for the end of the month, but it looks like it could come as early as today. Uh, multiple sources reporting that uh, this could include student loan payment, uh, pause on student loan debt payments and forgiving loans up to 10,000 uh, for borrowers with yearly incomes of less than 125,000. So interesting to see uh, SoFi already getting a pop on this before the news even comes out. That's why I got in it yesterday. I thought it could just be kind of one of those buy the rumors and then eventually sell the news. But we'll see what happens here. Match, good call on this one yesterday. Obviously getting the 9% pop here. So you've got this on for a short-term trade. I mean, I'd look up at near 7 bucks. I think this thing gets near 7 That's where he topped out in July. Kind of would fill the old head and shoulders thing. So I think there's room to 7 But I wouldn't get married to this one either. We'll see what happens if it goes through and the whole student loan situation has definitely got a lot of investors talking about it, whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. We won't get into that, but definitely it's something that's talked about out there. We'll see what other stocks kind of move with SoFi. I, I don't have one to kind of give you right now, uh, but definitely keep your eyes on these. We'll see what happens if we get a run or not. It's a mention today. All right, let's take some stocks from the chat. Um, what do you guys got? What are you guys taking a look at? I saw uh, FSLY fastly being mentioned in the chat. That is, what is it to talk about, Mike? Holy, I mean... this has been the dog of all <laughs> dogs, has not participated at all in the recent rally. There's not a lot of growth names that didn't participate, and this is one of them. This is sitting right on its, is that a 52 week low or an all time low? It's close to an all-time low here on Fastly. I always say when stocks are making new lows, you got to go. We're still holding on. So if you want to hold on to that 950, there is support there. 949, 950. That is the support of all support. The start st stock starts taking out 950. I want no part of it. If you want to take a shot, you think it's going to bounce there once, you know, you can take a shot, but don't get caught. When stocks are making new all-time lows, you need to go. This just tells you it all right here. Look at this monthly chart. Ugly ugly until that trend line there breaks kind of gotta leave these alone that's the way i like to look at these i'll just look at the monthly and until it the trend changes on the monthly and look at the last kind of what is this this is a whole almost eight months of just straight red all right let's go to let's get out of fastly let's take some more stocks from the chat um let's go to nvidia as they report of course after the bell here um, how are you looking at this chart? Looks like yesterday I, I didn't do too bad with calling a little bit of potentially a, a bounce in these kind of tech names. I didn't expect a huge run up, but I expected a little bit of some sideways or a bounce action. Now it gets interesting today. Do we take the next leg down? NVIDIA? Well, it has earnings, so there's no way to even talk technically on a stock when it's coming into an earnings report here. Putting the little double bottom from the last two days, 169, 169.70. But, I mean, when you have an earnings report, you can trade it technically today, but after 4 o'clock, it's got earnings. So it's going to go. The one thing I will say is they kind of already got it down. So you kind of think they already kind of put the bad news out there. So if they say anything okay, it maybe it comes back up here a bit. But overall, market is going to dictate this move as well. Let's see what you know the market's doing at four o'clock. We're quiet here this morning. It's dog days of August, but obviously earnings are going to dictate this move. Something that we'll keep on watch. We'll see what happens when the earnings come through. Let's go towards another one 
Um, let's see what, what we got here. If there's any of them that catch your attention also, Dennis, we can grab one. Uh, let's go to MTTR. I haven't heard about this stock in a while here. Matterport, of course, this is a kind of metaverse stock that does. I know nothing about this company. It's a $4 stock. Anything under 5 bucks, I typically don't trade it. Um, it's... It, it, it used to not be a $4 stock. It, this was a metaverse type of company. And I think that you got to wait to see something kind of get back into the limelight on the metaverse for I right hate now. All metaverse stocks. Yeah, it's, it's out of favor. <laughs> I'm just Let's not just a fan that. of the metaverse. I watched that commercial that CNBC airs. 152 times a day where the girl's there <laughs> and then she jumps she's looking and then she jumps into the thing and then she's go floating around she's looking at beautiful nature you want to see nature go outside you can actually see nature you don't have to jump into the metaverse to see beautiful trees and stuff the metaverse is overrated all right let's go towards uh some of the strongest stocks yesterday good i like to uh bring those up good job sj talking about how here uh, Halliburton had a strong day yesterday, setting on up here for the daily kind of high to get through wow. 3182s. Uh, nice little setup here on the 15 minute. Also, I'm going to be watching uh, some of the oil plays. It just seems like they just want to start getting strong here. Um, what do you think about Halliburton? Jump in. I mean, this stock breaking out from 30, nice breakout from 30. So I think I would be a buyer of pullbacks on this, at least from a technical basis. Oil seems to try and show some life here again, too. Yeah. Oil's been sold off. I think I'm a buyer of oil stocks and pullbacks. Maybe not in the long-term portfolio, but as trades here. Oxy, ah. I've been Oxy, I've been all over. Every pullback I'm buying on Oxy. I don't have long-term, but I've been playing it from the long side almost every single day. As it pulls back, I buy some pulls back and then I'm selling. So I've been trading in and out of Oxy pretty much every night. I feel like, I feel like I've always got that thing um, off and on. Can't bet against Warren. No. Well, you know that I go with Warren. If there's <laughs> anybody, you know, that I go with and it is Warren and you know, he gave yeah. us so many chances on Oxy in the fifties and sixties and it kept hanging on, kept hanging on. And now, you know, he's going up to 50%. Now they're all ripping it, roaring it higher here. I mean, Oxy's just been, you know, if you looks like I was Warren, I was early on that one. You don't want to chase Warren, but when Warren stocks pull back, you buy Warren stocks on pullback. So you, here's here's the deal. When stocks are in uptrends, you're buying dips. When Warren stocks are dipping, you're buying dips. <laughs> That's it. So Warren Buffett hey. is a hell of a lot smarter than almost all of us here, and he has a hell of a lot of influence in this. What was he now. doing? He was taking those discounts every time it dipped on the daily, and uh, he, he loved that 57 area. And um, well, I think we're going to find out. Do you think he took the the 50%? I mean, we won't we won't have confirmation for a while, but do you think he took it, and that's why I got this run? No, I think you'll see. I think he still has to, as he buys it, Mitch. I yeah. think he still has to disclose every two days because he's over the ten percent threshold. He's over twenty percent, I believe, here now. Okay. So I don't think he's chasing it here. I think, think so? he's All waiting right. for a pullback. So he's now got permission to go up to fifty. So this thing mm -hmm. pulls back to mid sixties. He's absolutely buying. But Warren does not chase. This is why Warren's such a good investor. He doesn't chase. He doesn't, you know, he will cut losers like the airlines when he feels like the story has changed. I mean, and obviously, you know, he's got the longer term time horizon there, but um, he doesn't chase stocks. He's not buying this at 73, 74, 75. He'll wait till it pulls back again and it will. And it gets in the mid 60s, then he'll start buying more. So that's the thing is on the dips on this thing, you have like the Warren put where, you know, he's coming in and buying the dip and he's huge. He goes from 20 to 50. He holds the stock up by himself. So I feel safer in a stock like OXY. 
than a lot of other stocks. So, uh, uh, and I don't have a position in it right now. Like I said, I'm team to trade in and out of it, but I'm biased long this thing. So it's in an uptrend. Every time it pulls back a bit is an opportunity to buy it, in my opinion. All right. And I'll, I'll keep watch also on Marathon. It did get, uh, not Marathon, X, Exxon Mobile. Uh, Exxon did finally get above that 95 level. So Breaking I'll be looking out. for pullbacks into that level now. Below the 96, 93s, going to be looking for some pullbacks on this one. Been waiting for it to get back above uh, kind of those highs in the 95s. Now this is looking interesting. We'll see if it really takes off and eventually gets towards that 100. Fire um, of all oil stocks on pullbacks. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. So all right. I, I saw the chip. sold off enough. You know, now they've run a bit, so you need a pullback here now on these things. But you get them; the pullbacks come. So yeah. you know, you don't. Have, it's not the market that you have to chase. And I wouldn't be chasing. Is ExxonMobil going to see a hundred bucks? Probably. Is it going to pull back before that? I don't know, but I think eventually you get a pullback to buy. Not much I could say on that para. I know that Buffett took some to Florida, Florida, but there's not much going on there. Uh, let's keep going. Let's go to the next one here. Um, this is kind of a parabolic stock, but it's an oil stock. It's INBO. Definitely uh, just be careful with stocks like this. They do run significantly. It's going to move up too and down. Too thin for me. Yeah, too thin. I, I honestly, we, we take a look at these at live trading. Come on live trading. If these are live trading fan. stocks. Exactly. And, and, and people, are, you know, people have kind of been upset. And, you know, I apologize. We talked the meme stocks for maybe too long here today. I do apologize to the listeners there. On this show, they like talking the, you know, the, the big stuff because this is what I trade, you know, S&P yeah. stocks, the big movers, you know, what's, you know, not not necessarily the percentage-based movers, but, you know, the core companies that people are, are buying and selling and owning, you know, the wide institutional ownership. So we stick with those stocks. We do talk this little stuff sometimes. Peloton's been asked multiple times. We already mentioned the Amazon thing. I already said that, you know, on Peloton here. Um, I wouldn't get married to that either. Um, obviously, it's hard to fade, you know, when you got a headline with Amazon here and, you know, potential short squeeze going on on something like that. It has been oversold. You see stuff like Bed Bath & Beyond makes me scared to short Peloton. But again, you know, I think when you, the dust settles here, I think Peloton is, you know, a lot lower stock when I look at it a year from now. All right. Uh, I'm getting a Marvel call out. We don't get that one too often to take a look at. Uh, tech stock just hanging on here. See a bunch of kind of lows uh, right Right here, I'd point out these kind of uh, 50-55s, 50-42s, a lot of lows in that area. Let's see if we crack that through and go towards 50. Reports Uh, tomorrow night. Um, Full disclosure, I'm long it, so I'll just leave it at that. uh, Don't worry about it. Well, I'll take a look. Um, We'll see what happens. Um, Really, on semiconductors, I think it's going to be a matter also how the report of NVIDIA comes. Uh, We'll see what that kind of brings let's keep going let's take a look another stock here of uh, room being mentioned that's interesting there um these are all small also. stocks these are for live trading i'm going to take over this ticker time mitch you have that tendency to just grab you love you love the small little stocks because this is what they trade on live trading i'm not that's probably what it is is that it's catching my eyes you, you we, are we it's because that's what you like trading is the small storied stocks there and i mean vroom it's pulled back some of these i would be careful like i think they've pulled back now you know, a lot with Bed Bath & Beyond. So Bed Bath & Beyond having a good day here today, maybe you see some of these things have a relief rally here just because they've been sold so hard in the last six, seven days. Um, but let's jump in like PayPal because this is my PayPal? kind of stock. All I trade right, PayPal almost every single day. It's a fun stock to trade. It's went from growth to value. It's pulled back here. I mean, at 90, I think there is, you know, it's interesting that PayPal's held up so much better than Square 2. And it's probably because valuation is obviously a lot cheaper than a Square here, Mitch. 
Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, we fill the gap down to 90. I think you could find some buyers in here. What are your thoughts on PayPal? Yeah, I think it's just going to be one of those things that just hangs on. I think until we get out of the recession talks and things like that, that's when I think PayPal will really start going again. Um, until then, I think you're kind of going to be in some sideways chop between here. I could see it even going up to maybe around uh, above 100s, maybe to the 118s. But the monthlies just show me, at least in my eyes, I think we're getting some sideways action on PayPal. We got Snowflake SNOW, which is going to report tonight. So hard to do technicals on. I will say some of these, you know, stocks, the cloud names, even the chip names have pulled back. So the bar is now a little bit lower. So can they get over that lower bar? Maybe. Big companies reporting tonight just to talk. So NVIDIA is your headliner, obviously. But then you have Salesforce reporting tonight. You got Snowflake reporting tonight. Splunk. You have, you know, even retailers, Williams-Sonoma, which is high-end retailer, which we've been talking before. The high-end retailers are holding up a little bit better than the lower end because they don't get hit first. You know, rich people are still rich. Williams-Sonoma sells high-end stuff. So, you know, a business like that is still holding up. And we can look at WSM. The only thing I will say is WSM, wow, what a run back, you know, from $100 back at the low of May to 160 The stock's up 60%. So the oh. bar is a little bit higher here. So I'd probably be cautious going to the report just because the bar is higher. Yeah, I feel like that's a, a little bit of extended there. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're watching a lot of ARKK names. Um, we're, we're talking about Snow. We're talking about Unity uh, Shop, also mentioned in the chat there. Well, that's uh, interesting, we'll, we'll too. Shop has come back down to that major support. So you're not chasing here now. I'm not sticking in long-term portfolio because valuation is still too much. But as a trade in the lower 30s, I think Shop could be a buy. Um, you've, you've came, you know, $45. We were here seven days ago. Um, now you've come all the way back down. Massive support at 30. You can get this thing at 30. I think it bounces there again. Why not? It's bounced there four or five, six times. If it can bounce there four or five, six times, it can bounce there a dozen times. So um shopify support of support until it's broken that 30 is huge and what about pins and then i'm going to let you go to live all trading, right i just want to talk it. pins here too because obviously with the elliot everybody gets involved oh bye 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 what's well, starting to leak here these are the kind of times where actually maybe you're looking at a pullback here and you've got an activist like elliot in there maybe this is an opportunity if, if pins fills that gap down to 20 it actually might be an opportunity to buy. So I'm not going to shop, and I'm looking at pins as potential. Obviously, oil stocks and pullbacks as well. But I'm kind of interested in the pins here at 20. Yeah, the shadow fills have been a, a play to watch, I think. And shadow so, fills. I like this. Talk, yeah. Man. Shadow yeah. So fills. That's, that's what they are, man, the shadows. Um, and definitely, I think the shadows have been one of the best plays out there. Um, whether it's a gap up, gap down, they, they both do it. I mean, right? We saw Micron uh, do it on the way up. And now it's trying to do it on the way down here. So it gapped up, it got on up there, and now it's gapping on down there. And, and we'll see if it kind of bounces here. A lot of these I think you're kind of keeping an eye on to see what happens. If uh, NVIDIA comes in with a bad report, I don't want to see where Micron ends up. Um, oh, everything. Yeah, NVIDIA is going to drive the bus on all the chips here. So, yep. But again... Remember, the bar was already set lower by NVIDIA when they pre-reported. You know, they t gave us a little bit of look just a couple of weeks ago here. So does that mean that, you know, it's going to be okay? I think so. I tend to think that it's going to actually be okay just because they've already kind of put the bad news out there. Unless stuff's really deteriorated in the last couple of weeks. Um, they kind of already, you know, gave you a little bit of a warning. So, um, so consider that. But if you're trading any chips here, NVIDIA will be driving the bus after 4 o'clock. 
All right. Uh, last thing before you get on out of here, I think uh, we'll get Dennis on out of here. I'll give you guys, I just wanted to make sure that I could give you guys at least some of the economic data that came out. Uh, durable goods um, estimated at 0.2. Let's take a look at that. Uh, looks like I don't even have the actual in there. Uh, Should have got already uh, filled there. Spy I'll go ahead and I'll move. make sure. Yeah, it didn't really move. I was durable goods. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. I'll tell you one number to watch for tomorrow, the PCE deflator. There you go. Keep that one on your radar. That one's definitely going to be one to kind of keep on watch. Uh, here's the cores. What time's that come, Mitch? Is that 8.30? PCE deflator on 8.30 or 10? Yes, 8.30. 8.30. It's 8.30. So we'll keep watch on that. That's definitely going to be a big number to watch. And, of course, Jerome Powell on Friday. That's going to be the major thing to kind of keep yeah. an eye out. But the PCE will give us a little bit of insight, right? I mean, if it comes in hot – kind of already know what Powell's going to be talking about. Have a good one, Dennis. Go do okay. what you do best care, guys. and nail those trades. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get this over to, of course, live trading coming on next. So definitely smash the like button if you guys enjoyed today's show. And if you guys have some feedback, hit the comments after the show. We got no problem with some feedback. We'll definitely take it just the way we did today. And we're going to get you guys over now to some live trading action. We've been hot. I've continued the streak yesterday. One of my best trades was with uh, a smaller oil play, HUSA. We're going to try to continue on the streak here. Come on over to live trading with Lord Ryan and myself. Let's see what we got today. I'll see you guys on over.